Welcome to Pose Radio, the podcast that is dedicated to sharing insights, wisdom and actionable advice to help inspire female entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Chloe, and I'm on a journey of growth as a female entrepreneur myself. I am dedicated to contributing and sharing all that I learn along the way to this incredible female entrepreneurship community. Each week, I will be chatting to a range of inspirational female entrepreneurs and asking them to share their stories so that you can apply the wisdom and insights from their experience directly to your own business and make your entrepreneurial dreams a reality. In the words of Serena Williams, every woman's success should be an inspiration to another. We're strongest when we cheer each other on. This is the philosophy of Pose Radio. So join this community today for your weekly dose of female entrepreneurship, inspiration, motivation and empowerment. Thanks for listening today. We're so glad to have you here. Welcome to Pose Radio, the podcast that is dedicated to sharing insights, wisdom and actionable advice to help inspire female entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Chloe, and I'm on a journey of growth as a female entrepreneur myself. I am dedicated to contributing and sharing all that I learn along the way to this incredible female entrepreneurship community. Each week, I will be chatting to a range of inspirational female entrepreneurs and asking them to share their stories so that you can apply the wisdom and insights from their experience directly to your own business and make your entrepreneurial dreams a reality. In the words of Serena Williams, every woman's success should be an inspiration to another. We're strongest when we cheer each other on. This is the philosophy of Pose Radio. So join this community today for your weekly dose of female entrepreneurship, inspiration, motivation and empowerment. Thanks for listening today. We're so glad to have you here. Today, I'm super excited to welcome the gorgeous Sammy to Pose Radio. This incredible female entrepreneur is the founder of Beauty in the Brain, the inspirational UK-based meaningful jewellery brand. Today, we're going to deep dive into Sammy's personal story and her entrepreneurial journey, and she's going to share with us how her background has helped to define the businesswoman she is today. For anyone wanting to launch a meaningful product-based brand, then Sammy's story will help inspire you to chase your dreams and believe that you really can succeed no matter what challenges life throws at you. Welcome, Sammy. It's such an honor to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's really great to speak to you finally. And I'm really grateful that Instagram has connected us. I know, good old Instagram. It's so funny when you actually speak in real life as well, isn't it? Because I feel like even if you speak to each other in DMs, you feel like you know each other. And then I'm like, oh, hello. It's actually nice to put a voice <laughs> to the DM name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's definitely, the, that's why I do love Instagram. Though. It's so great for connecting people. Yeah, definitely. I've met so many people through it from this experience. So it has been really, really good. It's amazing to think it's free as well. Like, it is pretty incredible. I know. I think I know so it sometimes gets a bit of a bad rap, but it is pretty incredible. I think it all depends on how you use it. Mm, completely and, like, agree. Who you yeah. follow and different things like that. So, 
it's like about building a community as well I feel like that gets completely lost these days doesn't it yeah definitely like that is takes the back seat definitely yeah sorry I've completely tangented already <laughs> we've only just started <laughs> this is my usual setup I, I have my questions and then I go off on an absolute tangent but um, I'll try and go back to the script. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know, this is so standard of me, sorry. Um, so I just thought I'd start us off today with the actual questions that I had planned <laughs> with. Um, I just thought it'd be great if you could just give us a little insight into what Beauty in the Brain is all about and a little background into the journey that have, that's got you to where you are today. Yeah, so um, the idea for Beauty in the Brain came about last year. Uh, mm-hmm. whilst I was preparing for brain surgery to remove a polycytic astrocytoma. So mm-hmm. I kept the surgery as secret as possible during the build-up to it. And I knew that because of this, it would just come as quite a shock once the news was out. Um, yeah. so I also yeah. just didn't want that recovery journey to consume any daily conversations that I had with people. You know, like people constantly asking, well, how are you doing yeah. today? And doing things. Um, so this kind of led to the idea of just sharing those recovery updates with anyone that wanted to know all mm-hmm. on place in the form of a blog um but whilst obviously I was keeping the brain surgery secret at the same time of like battling conflict in surgical opinions and worsening dizzy cells and constant MRI scans I also found it quite incredibly challenging at times to be that usual like positive and happy-go-lucky self and just not have anyone realize and for the most part I was able to achieve this but I think there were definitely days when that fear would just kind of consume me or the enormity of like what I was about to go through would just bring me to like overwhelming tears like mostly at work as well yeah Um, I can imagine I bet that's a stressful time for you yeah definitely and I think to be honest although I did a really good job of hiding it I think there were definitely times where I'd run to the toilet and just I think once you like start using the makeup if you're ever in the bathroom like more mm-hmm. than one occasion to cover up like the tears I think people start to notice and they're like are you sure you're okay um oh, what was work for you at the time so it's still the same job now which is basically um finance in central London oh amazing yeah um but obviously I realized these kind of these negative emotions that I was experiencing were just kind of all in my mind mm. um, because there were moments in the day when I was kind of able to genuinely forget and despite initially feeling that this would be impossible to do um so I just had to kind of constantly remind myself whenever these negative emotions did arise that in the present moment I was kind of safe I was happy and I was having a great day at work and it was all just about obviously switching my mindset and focusing on the really good things around me at that time and one of my favorite mantras has always been um something good is about to happen yeah like that has such an ability as well to kind of change your mindset improve your thought pattern and just keep you fixed in a state of excitement and Mm. it's those excited happy and genuine positive emotions that mean you're just going to feel better about your situation and feel more able to cope and so that's basically how it all came about so I inscribed that quote onto a bangle Mm -hmm. um, just like to carry it with me constantly and have that little data reminder for myself whenever those negative emotions did arise and whilst I was waiting for a um, bi-monthly MRI scan a few months later and glancing down it and realizing how powerful that wearable reminder had been for me that's just mm. kind of when I realized oh, actually I should start sharing these with others to kind of 
help and inspire them on their own journeys. That's so amazing, Sammy. I think when you've actually, obviously I've read your blog and things before, but I think to actually hear you tell the whole story and in your own words, it's just so powerful. And I think it's going to be so inspirational to everyone that's listening as well. Um, in terms of mindset, was this something that you'd ever worked on before or was did you have to kind of adapt and learn all these techniques while this was all going on just to help you sort of cope, especially at work and things? No, I mean, I've definitely always believed that it's your feelings or the way that you think about an event is how it's going to play out and your like interpretations of it. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the main reasons why I decided to keep the whole surgery a secret because I kind of just didn't want people around me to be constantly worrying or constantly kind of inflicting that negativity on me when I would do my best to kind of forget or yeah the word day is when I just go about my usual day and that's and like really try to forget about it and that's when I'd experience these negative emotions when I'd stop and think oh god actually like I do have that massive thing coming up um but I think for the most part obviously just carrying on as normal and I, I do believe that definitely kind of um, impacted or had an impact on on the whole recovery journey as well. And I knew that it would have such a profound effect on the whole process. So I wanted to say as like positive as like possible during it. Yeah, of course. Did um so with the the bangles was it? Had you ever had any interest, or had you ever worked in jewelry before, or was it something that you did solely to help you and to help you cope during this really difficult time? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't had any um, kind of experience before and it wasn't, I didn't get it with the intention of even sharing it with others. I mm. think, to be honest, so like you read these self-help books and they tell you, you know, you need to, um, I've always believed that positive statements do have a massive impact on like your mindset and how you go about your day. But mm. these self-help books will tell you to kind of write them down and plaster the walls them and put them in places so you'll see them daily and my office just isn't really like that and <laughs> I couldn't like start you know demotivating high priority bank documents in favor of like these amazing like positive affirmations saying I'm like wonderful and great because I just <laughs> don't think my boss would have been on board with that at all so, <laughs> I did at the same time want to be exposed to like these positive statements so that's kind of when I just thought you know what I'll just inscribe it on something that I can wear with me constantly like wherever I'll see it and whilst I was on the train or whilst I was getting ready for work like brushing my teeth or just like sitting at my desk when I did have those moments just constantly would glance down it. Um, So something else Tabby I was just interested about as well how did you come up for the name of so did it start off your blog that was called Beauty in the Brain? Yeah I was gonna say I actually really don't like the name for a brand Um, possibly like more so it's grown on me but it started obviously as a blog and it was mm. called Beauty in the Brain and obviously even my domain at the time was beautyinthebrain.com and mm-hmm. I do obviously always still love the meaning behind that um, and the whole idea was that obviously this kind of tumour that was in my head at the time um, had kind of inflicted loads of things like really good meaningful things had come from it and mm. it changed my mindset and it kind of like led me to appreciate the world around me and different things so that's kind of why I referred to it as beauty in the brain um because mm. I kind of did feel like I had this beauty in the brain and uh, so to speak um but for a brand like now that it's like evolved into jewelry and I'm selling things now I question whether it's like actually 
um a good name for that but it is just one of those things you kind of grow with it at the time so I personally love it I think it's so memorable and I think it's so related to what you're doing as well and it's so personal to you and your the experience and the journey that you've been on so I think it's a great name personally oh, <laughs> and I love all your packaging as well so oh. I'm a massive fan oh, thank you. <laughs> how did you um so you started with the one bangle how did you then come to expand the range and come up with all the different bangles or the different quotes yeah so um well, whilst I was at the MRI scan and then mm-hmm. I kind of had the idea to kind of um, do more of them and share them with others, the other two bangle quotes that I had at the time, um, which started off as don't worry about thing and if you can, you must, mm-hmm. were based on different other, like, other different points in my journey. So okay. the don't worry about thing was, that's a song that I share with my mom. And honestly, like I know like some people might just say it's a coincidence, but that song followed me around more than ever last year honestly like at times when I can't even explain it just like played and it like was so random um so that's why that has always been really key to me because it really helped me through that process as well and Mm. every time I'd hear it it would just kind of I just feel so like warm inside and just kind of relaxed and trusted that everything was going to be okay and yeah the if you can you must one um was inspired by so I keep a journal and I'm writing every day um and I had one of these days where I was just like moaning at work about different things that I didn't want to do or um you know couldn't be bothered to get back to after lunch and it's then when I realized that I was moaning about things that I knew that in a couple of months time I wouldn't have the opportunity to do and that kind of really kind of woke me up and made me think okay well actually um, if you can do something you, you definitely should and if, you, if you're mentally and physically able to do something you should do it with all that you've got yeah definitely I love that I think they're such powerful quotes as well I love that this song followed you around over especially because it's not sort of a current chart song either well do you know I've I've said it to people like since then and then mm. they do think it's quite a popular song and I know that some people really don't believe me when I say especially because it was so secret um, mm. there's honestly like moments when I'd just be walking down the street and someone would start playing uh, you know across the road or start hum- humming it and it's those kind of moments that people don't really realize but it's like okay yeah it's a popular song um and it might be coincidental but there are moments like that when I was just mm. like, on a one-to-one with someone like passing them in the street and then I'd hear it and oh my that's, God, that's why, amazing that's why it was quite weird and just mm. little things as well like I remember um I went to Mexico last May um my housemate at the time he had um he got it through like work and there was quite a few of us that went and so these people that I went with became really good friends on that trip but obviously I didn't know them really well like personally like on, on the level and mm. whilst we were all at a dinner table together I started, they were already drinking and I started to really like think, oh God, like, I felt a bit like I just wanted someone around me that kind of knew the situation and none of those did. So I took myself off to the toilet at that time and the band that were playing live music just started playing that song randomly. Oh and my goodness. That's why it's like moments like that where I was just like, okay, yeah, he was kind of gave me that little boost that mm. I needed. Almost like a sign, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. That's amazing. I quite, I'm a big believer in signs and things. So I have to admit, I completely understand where you're coming from. And I would have seen it as too coincidental that it kept popping up like that for you, yeah. especially at moments when you really needed it. Yeah. 
I think that's totally. amazing I've seen also that you started a, you've branched out with the range as well now you've got some stationary pieces and I've seen that you've got all your necklaces as well so you've got quite a large range now of products yeah so I really need to I was you know I had another delivery earlier and um my housemates were like your room must be full of boxes <laughs> like honestly because I just have like delivery after delivery and I'm just like storing them in my wardrobe at the moment um, oh bless you so it, it has my room has become a bit like beauty in the brain like kind of it's taken over it definitely um but I just <laughs> love it and I just keep having like ideas for it and different things that I want to do and stationery to me because I've always like journaled every day as well mm. I think kind of stationery to me is kind of a massive area that I would love to kind of do more in branch out and I think the cards and the prints are just scratching the surface of that like I've got so many more ideas mm. um so that is definitely kind of a focus area yeah I love those cards they look so amazing did you call the designs yourself yeah so um they they're designed to represent um facial paralysis and I wanted them to kind of I wanted each one to represent an emotion of mm. like this journey that I've gone on because I've, I've I've lived with um facial paralysis now for 15 months and daily and so it's those emotions of um always have feeling like you need to stand on the one side or um covering your hand with your mouth and I kind of said that my sister is amazing to be fair like she's definitely the one that kind of brought those like the ideas I had to life definitely is she quite a creative person she is she works in um she's an interior designer oh amazing yeah and she's super creative so she's my kind of go-to where it's like I have an idea and then she'll definitely bring it to life you seem to be super creative as well though so you've got obviously your finance is that a full-time job that you're working in it is but because I've only just literally gone back um oh okay I had 15 months off um I think it's just a mixture it wasn't supposed to be that long but it was a mixture of obviously um following my surgery obviously I had a stroke and then I needed eye surgery in March um to correct different things that I'd experienced style complications and then COVID hit and so yeah uh, the office was shut and so it ended up being quite a long time but now that I've gone back it's just um kind of a phase return at the moment so Mm-hmm. I should be full time again by the end of next month. That at the moment it's just like building up weekly. So it started on sixteen hours, and next week will be twenty and twenty-five, and it kind of works like that. Oh, that's good. They seem like a really supportive company. Then, yeah, they are. Re- they've been really good for this whole um, experience. Yeah, that's amazing. And I suppose as well, it's given you a bit of time to work on beauty in the brain as well, and obviously get that off the ground and expand your product range and everything like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, before I worked in finance, I um, worked in marketing agency, actually, and that's what I did my degree in. But I Oh, honestly, amazing. Yeah, but I hated it because I just didn't feel like a bit creative and I felt like totally out of my depth. Like every time I'd go to a meeting, I just really like I had nothing to contribute. And I always thought that I wasn't this creative person. And that's kind of why I went into finance, which I do really love now. But it's mm. since doing Beauty in the Brain that all these different aspects have come out. And I'm like, actually, I think I am a bit creative. Like, it totally depends on what you're working on. Um, and because I really enjoy what I'm doing, it's kind of, it makes you more creative. Like, you realise it's within you. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so important, isn't it? It depends what your why is and what your motivation is. If your why is strong enough, I think it's, it almost comes naturally to you. Whereas 
if you're in a position where you're working for an agency or whatever it might be, where you're working for other clients and things, obviously it can be so hard because you always having to wear so many different hats trying to make sure that you're catering your work to each of the client's needs. And whereas when you're doing it for your own brand, you can see the vision of what you'd like. Yeah, I think that's definitely what it is as well. It's kind of not having that control originally, like when there's loads of different projects going on or mm. not being able to see the end result or not being able to, you know, kind of put your insight into what you kind of want from it. And yeah, so it definitely helps when it's kind of your own project as well. Yeah, no, definitely. How did you transition from marketing to finance? Loads of people ask me this actually because it is <laughs> post-transit. But um, so the marketing agency that I worked at was a really, really small startup. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember how it came about, but I think there was only one person at the time that was doing finance. And that lady went on um, long-term sick, really kind of um, last minute, like no one expected it. And I remember our director at the time was just kind of, willing us all to kind of muck in and help out where we could mm. and whilst I was doing the fine like my we had different like different roles and uh, different days in the week that we'd do that and on my particular day that I was doing the finance that week I was like actually I really really like this um and then obviously did that for a couple of weeks uh, more and more like volunteered to do that and that's when I say as well like these meetings that we were participating in or we were sitting in on I just didn't feel like I couldn't resonate with anything I couldn't resonate with the clients I couldn't resonate with the work that we were doing and so yeah. that kind of made me feel like I wasn't very good at that side whereas mm. with finance I was able to kind of um see a project through or do it from start to finish it's a lot more of um taking on the responsibility and kind of leading your own project so to speak and I thrived so much more in that and that's kind of how I ended up now in finance which is obviously like five years later that's amazing though it's such I think it's really inspirational to people to be able to hear that you can transition because I know I was speaking to this to someone that I had on the podcast the other week um Christy and she was saying well we were talking about when you're choosing your university degree and obviously you're so much younger and you pick it on the assumption of what you think you might want to work in but you don't know until you physically get into the workplace and start doing it so it can often be so difficult for a lot of us because we'll graduate from college or uni or whatever it might be or school or an apprenticeship or whatever further education we've decided to take and then you can find you get into the workplace and you're like oh this isn't what I thought so I think a lot of people resonate with the story that you've just shared and it will give them hope as well that you know you can transition within your career and you don't have to stay pigeonholed into one particular area yeah and I think I think that's so important as well as when you're when you're younger I mean people meet me now and they're like oh like you don't you don't look like you'd be an accountant or, <laughs> or that's of these qualifications or you don't look like you work in finance and I'm like well that's a that's a thing like when I was at school or when I was at university like I didn't think I didn't picture myself as like someone who loved excel or thrived on like crunching numbers and stuff but obviously like I do like when you do something you realize actually my my idea of this meant that I never actually explored it but how actually doing it and how it's like transpired in your life like it's actually been so much better than yeah than than I could imagine um like it beforehand yeah it's really funny isn't it is definitely until you start doing it and then you're like you either click with it or you don't so it's so great that you've managed to find something now that you know you is a great fit for you and you're enjoying yourself yeah thank you that's that's the main thing isn't it about work I think so many of us can get into a bit of a rut of doing things that we don't even enjoy and you sort of find yourself going into work every day thinking 
what am I doing? Like, this is not a bit of me. But it's so easy to get stuck. So I think it's really inspirational that you took the leap and you did transition into another area that you felt like you had stronger capabilities in. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take a slightly different path now. I'm going to go down a slightly different road. But um, I know that you donate a percentage of your profits to Brains Trust UK and Changes Faces UK, which is so incredible. I was hoping you could just share some insight into how you became involved with these amazing charities. Yeah, of course. Um, I actually, I love this story so much because it's still so raw and just transports me like right back that um, I found out I needed the brain surgery in December 2018 from a an, an NHS doctor in Birmingham. As at the time, that's kind of where, when I was living at home, that's where I was diagnosed and having those follow-up scans. Mm-hmm. And um, as my life was now in London, I immediately and quite rashly at that appointment asked that surgeon to transfer all my notes to London. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like having the control of where I had the surgery just kind of like added to that situation where you know you feel like so out of control anyway and yeah. being able to choose physically choose where I was having it kind of made me feel like I was regaining some of that back mm-hmm. and whilst he agreed to transfer my notes to London my appointment to even meet with that surgeon wasn't until the April um, oh wow was, from the yeah, December from the December to the wow. April and that to me was like incredibly long time mm. so in the January I use my private healthcare through work and mm-hmm. I met with a surgeon at a private hospital just to see if I could kind of get a date or some clarity sooner. But that private surgeon threw a huge spanner in the works. So what I came to learn afterwards was that he didn't actually have my whole history or previous scans to see the rate of the tumour growth at that appointment. Mm. He only had my latest scan and that scan on its own still signalled that I had some time so of course like he he sat there at that appointment saying you know you should really consider whether you want to do this now um you're you're such a well enabled 24 year old was at the time that Mm. it could totally disrupt your life like it would include things like right-sided weakness visual problems and so on and everything he said now looking back was very true and was very like literal Mm. but I had gone from having one surgeon telling me that I need to do this now and another then urging me to really consider Oh my gosh, that must have been so stressful for you. Yeah, it was horrendous. Oh my goodness. Obviously, that private surgeon scheduled a follow-up appointment in the following two weeks to discuss the details of it further and just kind of decide what I, kind of see what I decided to do. Mm -hmm. But at that appointment, two weeks later, before I had a chance to say anything, he also agreed that actually I didn't have a choice and the surgery now was wise because he was finally able to kind of gather that whole medical history and see the rate of um, tumour growth for himself. But I didn't know that he was going to say that. And so instead, in those two weeks, I endured the most, like the longest and scariest time of my entire life because I just felt that I had this huge decision to make. I can't even imagine. I mean, yeah, like that, those two weeks, and I say like I was quite good at switching off and not letting him see me. Those two weeks were really different because... I spent the best part of the Christmas break as well coming to terms with like needing surgery. Mm. Um, I wasn't for it straight away. And that surgeon, the first surgeon in Birmingham was willing me, you know, don't worry about it. It's all going to be okay. And the risks, you know, there were risks, but he was very good at downplaying them and making me feel that's going to be fine. So, you know, I walked away all over December period feeling, you know, quite confident about it then and kind of really getting myself into the headspace. So, 
then when I met this surgeon, this private surgeon in January, to kind of completely break that down and just say, actually, you really need to think about this, I was just at a total kind of loss. Yeah. Had you um, had you sort of confided anyone at this point, or were you very much doing all this by yourself? Well, no. I mean, my mom at the time was the only person that knew, mm. but she was she was quite worried about even the best outcome that the first surgeon had given. Mm. So I didn't at all feel like I could share this now. And I don't really have a relationship with my dad and also it was secret from everyone else. So I kind of really had no one to turn to. And that's when I messaged Jane from Brain Stress one night just mm-hmm. to kind of talk to her. As I kind of figured as well that they did, they must deal with brain tumor patients all the time. Um, yeah. And it was just more than anything just to have someone to talk to. Mm. But a few days later, whilst on the tube, I got an email from her again to say that um, she'd been thinking more about my case and to make that decision easier, brain stress were going to pay for me to have a third consultation, um, like privately with a neurosurgeon. Um, oh, wow. Who would be able to give me more clarity. And it was just so unbelievable and surreal to even find myself in that situation of actually just benefiting from somebody else's fundraising. Mm. Um, you know, all my life I've kind of taken in like one pound for non-school uniforms days at school or brought a cake or in a coffee morning at work just putting a little donation in the pot but rarely have I ever actually stopped to really think about the person on the receiving end of that little change yeah because I've never really had to and suddenly I like was that person and just getting the clarity from that third search and um, that third neurosurgeon in that moment was just everything to me because you know what they did what Rachel did for me and the financial support they gave me wasn't the main thing it was the way they made me feel in that moment and that's something I don't ever feel like I'm done repaying um which is kind of why I'll always um, continue to support them yeah that's such an incredible story such an incredible story I think it's so true like so many of us will donate to charitable causes without almost thinking who it is on the receiving end that's going to be receiving the benefit from it and I think um, someone as deserving as yourself the fact that you managed to you know get benefit from the brain stress you care I think it's just so incredible to be able to hear the end result of where that money is going yeah do you know what you know that email really changed my attitude towards donating because like being on the receiving end myself of someone else's fundraising just really opened my eyes to what a difference that little change can actually make um mm. you know to the person who is in need of it yeah, definitely. That's incredible. They got back to you so quickly as well and came back to you with such an actionable solution. I mean, it was just so unexpected that when I when I first reached out to Brain um to Jane at Brain Trust, like I wasn't expecting anything really other than just to kind of offload and have someone mm. to talk to. And when she came back a few days later, like I didn't even know that, that was a thing that that you know charities could actually do. Like because I just hadn't really put myself in that situation of ever like fearing like I would ever need um the charity support I just really wasn't expecting and that's what I think that's what makes it so surreal and that's what made it so um kind of like wow yeah I know that's so incredible and I'm sure they're super grateful as well that now you're obviously donating a percentage of your profits to the charity so you're sort of giving back to them which is so incredible I know as well you're working with Changing Faces UK is that right yeah, so I've actually recently just started supporting them because, mm-hmm. uh, well, as many people probably know, um, I experienced quite a few complications during my brain surgery, one of which was facial paralysis. 
Um, mm-hmm. And just living with it for 15 months daily now has meant that I've been able to kind of experience the devastating impacts that it can actually have on your confidence or your ability to socialise, like your mental health and just the way that you're perceived by others and present yourself to them. And mm. kind of having this visible, uh, visible difference just changes everything. And I've most recently started supporting them because of that and because of kind of the work that they do to kind of, you know, make us anyone that's got a visible difference, make them feel like they belong. Um, and I think it's just really important as well that, you know, I'm currently undergoing more, well, I'm waiting for a date to have more surgery, which will be facial reanimation surgery. And, you know, I'm actively doing things to kind of restore my face and smile. And whilst one day I would hopefully have that back and, you know, have that more closely resemble what it was, I think it's important as well to continue supporting this charity because not everyone, especially, you know, through connecting with people on Instagram, I've realised that not everyone is as fortunate or even has the, that opportunity to kind of explore those corrective options. Mm, and yeah. yeah, I think, you know, I think my most recent basic range um, is basically for these people as well. So I've kind of learned as well that, you know, um, in a society, like in a society, we're kind of made to feel that our, import, um, our appearance is everything. And yeah. our opportunities is kind of a direct reflection on that and the way that we, we look and the way that we perceive ourselves. And so I kind of just want, I want this as well, this range to really kind of reinforce that message and kind of educate people. And you don't have to have something catastrophic happen to you or you don't have to experience visual difference yourself just to kind of know, be more mindful of like your reactions and kind of really understand how people kind of perceive that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that is something that is so important. I think that um, unfortunately is something that where society is conditioned in such a way, often people can react in a way that perhaps isn't always so, I want to say kind. And the only reason I say this is because um, one of the reasons me and Sammy actually connected was because my mum had a brain tumour um, and also had surgery. And she actually has facial paralysis. Uh, I can never say it. How do you say it? Paralysis. Paralysis. I always say it wrong. Even when I was saying it, even if me and Mama talk about it, I say it. She's like, that's not how you say it. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm like, I know what I mean in my head. But um, she suffered with it as well. And I know often it can be really difficult because people, when you are out and about and trying to go about your normal life, and people can be reactive to things. And I don't think they mean to, but I think raising awareness is just such a great way to be able to get people to be a little bit more thoughtful in the way that they act and the way that they are with others. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely. I, I was reading like one of my um, earlier blog posts the other day, and it's um, it was it's type, like it's on the importance of being kind and not judging others based on their appearance. And I remember that someone asked me in the early days of my recovery, you know, what do you want most? And I just replied to them walking down the street without actually drawing attention or having people look at me. Because yeah. at that time as well, my posture was just so frail. My balance was second to none. I looked drunk because I was unable to walk far or steady. And my mouth especially was just far more lopsided. Um, the lack of tone in my cheek kind of made my face longer. And it was also before I'd had the eye surgery. So my, my right eye was also incredibly inwards. And that's when I kind of realised that that's how some people must have felt their entire lives. And mm. I was only just aware of it or aware of those reactions because I was first experiencing it myself. But 
and also I was very in tune to it then because it was you know I'd gone from not having that reaction to suddenly having that reaction but yeah exactly I mean I think that's the message that I want this range to express as well is that yeah you don't have to experience it yourself to kind of have that emphasize that you should kind of be aware of the emphasis that we put on our appearance in general in society mm. I think that's such a great message to get behind and I think um, the work that you're doing with the charities as well is so inspirational and it's really great I think if anyone has got their own product range it's it's a great inspiration to them as well to be able to see that you can partner with these great charities and make the products that you have the messaging behind them slightly more meaningful so thank you so much for sharing those stories Sammy I really appreciate it. Um, so slight change of conversation now but what does a typical working day look like for you because obviously I know that you're juggling quite a few balls at the moment yeah so um, obviously like I said I've just gone back to um, working in finance mm-hmm. um, so yeah I'm on a phase term with that and just doing like a few hours a week so that's about up so I'm doing like 20 this week which is mostly mm-hmm. in the morning until around two o'clock um, but I actually love being back and I love how much more productive that's made me with Beauty in the Brain because before I kind of had all the time in the world to kind of focus on it, which sounds amazing. But without that structure, you actually lack motivation some days. Mm, Whereas so now, I have, yeah, like now I have a bit more of a routine. I'll do that finance job in the morning. And then by the afternoon, I've just got more kind of, I know that Beauty in the Brain time is now limited which makes me far more productive when I actually do it. And most recently, that's kind of involved, you know, um, I've just redesigned my website. Um, I developed those new product ranges, including the Harriet Unity necklace and um, Message Me necklaces. Um, I've also started interviewing some really inspiring people as well that have kind of made the best of some of the challenges they've been through, um, as that's a new blog post series that I'll be featuring. So I'm really excited oh, about wow. that. Oh, that sounds yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah <laughs> that's so exciting when are you looking to launch that or do we not know yet to be confirmed um well I've kind of like sent these you know interviews and these questions to these different people and just kind of like told them there's absolutely no pressure to kind of get back to me you know with it I know that it can be quite challenging for them like some of these questions as well that I'm asking um are quite in depth in terms of yeah it would probably it probably be quite a journey and experience for them to kind of open up as well yeah um, yeah so whilst it will be quite it will be very inspiring to read as well I think it's it just kind of it's important to let them have that time as well to kind of digest it all and kind of go through the whole story again yeah um, no definitely well if they're out by the time this episode launches I'll pop them in the show notes so that people can read the stories as well um oh, amazing. yeah I'll link them in if they're ready by then if not obviously your website will be in there anyway but just in case I'm sure there'll be people listening that would love to read those stories as well so I will include yeah. them in the show notes oh thank you do you find that you have sort of like daily routines with beauty in the brain like going to the post office or anything like that like is there any things that you've almost had to autopilot into your day now yeah so definitely engraving so with the engraving I was like getting I had no structure like I was in uh, an order would just come through and I just nipped to the engravings that day and to get it all sorted but now especially working for like back you know with a little time again um and just kind of having a bit more of a structure to my kind of routine. I've now limited those, those engraving days to kind of say uh, Monday and Wednesday and Friday I'm doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of the same with the post. So I try to go as much as I can to the post office, but that will now just be, for example, 
um, every other day whereas before it was like okay I might just nip today and I think it's just having those kind of boundaries and those routines in place I kind of know you know I can do xyz and my other things that I'm focusing on and um, achieve those as well you know on set days yeah no that's great I think it's hard isn't it because I think sometimes people don't think of the implications of when they've got a physical product business of having to actually go to the post office and things like it is quite you have to have time it's quite stressful yeah and you know I I mean I still handwrite all my labels and someone actually said to me the other day like why don't you just buy a printer and like do those yourself because even that takes a long time now but I'm like no because the reason I still handwrite the labels and I will do probably for a really long time now is because when I first started Beauty in the Brain and I sent out my first few like braces and stuff, writing those labels was really, really unreadable. And it became, it was past my physio and working on my hand, my handwriting, like when after my surgery, it was like totally unreadable. And to get it to this point now, it's been a case of daily practice. Mm. So because those labels became part of my physio routine and, you know, daily practice, that's kind of why I'll still keep them up now because I think it's kind of really important as well. But that's still part of my routine. But it's also a bit like of authenticness. That we like. Oh, honestly, I remember when I first bought a bracelet from you before we'd ever really spoke or anything. Like, I remember, I think you just added me on Instagram or something. And within, honestly, like half an hour, I'd bought a few bracelets. And I was like, <laughs> that's probably the quickest purchase ever. I just saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. And I love the bracelets. Like, they're really I think they're so fashionable as well and like I, I was just obsessed with them but um when I received them and I had the handwritten note honestly I can't even tell you I don't think I've ever received a handwritten note with an online order before <laughs> and I was like this is incredible like I couldn't even get over it and I remember showing my mum my mum was like oh these are amazing I think my mum bought some as well like we literally just Aww. were so impressed I think it makes such it's just such a nice heartfelt touch to be able to receive something that's actually been handwritten. I think especially now hearing your story of how it's also part of your physio, like that is so incredible. I mean, yeah, like when I was sending them out, I was really worried because these people were ordering and stuff and I didn't want to seem like a, you know, an amateur brand, but then writing things myself and like these notes, they were really messy as well at the beginning and um, these like handwritten notes and stuff. They've gotten much better now, but I was like really fearful that people would see that as being amateur but I think that once people actually kind of know the kind of reason behind why I still do that um I think that's definitely like kind of adds a few points in my favor yeah no definitely and <laughs> I think people can really connect with that as well you know because it's a real story and it's it's your truth you know that's what people connect with and I really feel like that is one of the most powerful things a brand can have these days, you know, being authentic and true to themselves. And I think your brand has that an absolute bucket load. So it's definitely in your favour. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur or is it something that you've sort of fell into? Or how's that journey come about? Um, do you know, what? I was kind of thinking about this in the day and because at first I'd probably say no. But then when I really think about it, I'm like, OK, yeah, there definitely has been like, different elements in life where I've kind of stepped I wouldn't say businesses but um definitely operations so like for example um like I said I don't have a relationship with my dad and my mom's never really had a lot so I have kind of three sisters in total and whilst we've never gone without I think my best friends when I was growing up came from super wealthy families so mm. just having that kind of 20 pounds to blow on food on a Friday night when we're at the park as teenagers was totally normal to them but completely unimaginable to me and mm. so 
I started saving my first thing was I started saving my ten pound weekly dinner money, and I'd instead make sandwiches to take to school when my mom had gone to work. So she was never really aware that I was using that money on different things. But I'd save that money and just buy cheap dresses and tops from charity shops and would sell these on to friends or on eBay for a profit. And oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, like doing do, doing that as well. Just gave me kind of like the freedom, and the independence to actually just have that money to kind of blow on snacks on a Friday night or just get the bus to the cinema or bowling. And um, I think as well, like when I was at university, me and two friends set up a lunchtime hustle called Milkshakes and Max. Um, so I kind of just went to Macro one night and packaged up a load of sweets that I bought, purchased, and brought some industrial size kind of ice creams and milkshake powders and. We wrote um, a student magazine featuring study tips and places to go out in the local area and funny student horror stories. And we sold them at lunchtime as a combo for a pound, which was insanely popular. So, um, yeah, I'm really reluctant to say that I kind of saw obtaining money as a struggle. But I definitely grew up with kind of the belief that you really had to work hard for money. And mm. I kind of always believed that you need to do more, I think, out of the box in order to not just make money, although that was kind of definitely the main driver at those ages but just to kind of have a bit more freedom and independence and just be able to kind of exercise your creative muscle in a way that um you only really achieve when you take full control over something that's amazing I'd say from those stories I know you're a bit on the fence about whether or not to say yes to <laughs> have you always been an entrepreneur but I think from those stories you definitely have <laughs> that's amazing and I love that you managed to do that at uni as well I feel like at uni I could barely get up for my lectures let alone run a side hustle that is absolutely incredible oh no like I was a really like top you know top student at university <laughs> I went to every lecture like I handed all the like the notes and like, the teachers like hated me so I was like <laughs> When's Max available? When's this, that, the other? So, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. What unit did you go to, actually? I don't think we've covered that. I went to um, Birmingham University. Oh, nice. Did you live at home and sort of commute? or? I did. I lived at home. I think that's um, definitely, because my hometown is really small as well, I think that definitely kind of um, impacted the uh, kind of experience they had. But I was in a long-term relation at the time. So that, if I was to do it differently now, like, for example, that might not be in the case. But yeah. I think at the time as well, that kind of had an influence on kind of knuckling down, going home. I had a part time job at the time. And I think my life was very different too. I wasn't necessarily like, you know, fresh as week and stuff like that and constantly going out with friends. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. When you go to uni, everyone's at such different places in their life. Even though you're all the similar sort of age range, I think everyone's just at such different places. So you often find that people had such different um, university journeys. But I love that you were running a lunchtime side hustle. That is incredible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so it was quite good. Like, like lazy students loved it. Like, it was, it was great, actually. I bet they were sad when you graduated. They were thinking, hang on a minute, where's my macro <laughs> sweets gone at lunch? Yeah, <laughs> That's incredible. Um, what would you say have been your biggest challenges so far with your beauty and the brain journey? Um, I think kind of the biggest challenge was not previously been having that business experience. So mm-hmm. it's all just been trial and error. And I'm, I'm still massively figuring stuff out as I go, you know, from sourcing suppliers and building a website to registering a company and submitting the correct paperwork for that or you know optimizing content in a way that kind of drives traffic to your site um Mm. but in many ways that challenge of kind of not having that previous business experience has also been the biggest blessing because I do feel that if you kind of knew what aspects of the business that you'd be faced with 
or the journey you were about to embark on, you just wouldn't do it because you'd doubt your ability to do most of these things before actually even giving yourself a chance to try. Yeah, I completely agree. So, for example, with your website, is that something that you've learned how to do yourself or have you had to outsource that? No, I mean, I've done ev- at the moment on this stage of my journey, like I've done absolutely everything myself. So, with my website as well, that started obviously on WordPress. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that I just bought a theme and I installed that. But that took, you know, many sleepless nights last year anyway before my surgery when I, you know, I'd just get out of bed and I'd just spend hours on like doing that website design. And um, I was able to get it to a place I really wanted it to be. And I think WordPress as well is amazing for blogging. Um, they even do really have like a really good platform for e-commerce. But mm-hmm. now that I'm having like I've got a bigger project range um, and it's really important as well. Like I've made quite a few connections on social media with um, people in the States as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, people in like Canada and I wasn't able at the moment on uh, WordPress to ship to those places. Uh, so I've just recently moved that over to Shopify. And again, that has been a journey of, you know, I spent a few sleepless nights a few weeks ago, um, you know, completing my whole Shopify design and uh, importing everything over and just rejigging that, that template and stuff. So, so yeah. It's definitely that's incredible that you've taught that's yourself, incredible. though. Yeah, that's amazing. Would you recommend Shopify if someone else was going to start their own product range? Definitely. I'd say Shopify as well. The good thing about WordPress is that um, because I did it all self-host, I think you could do WordPress um, hosted through them or you can self-host it yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So I self-hosted it and I paid SiteGround to self, like a self-host, um, self-hosting fee. And mm-hmm. that kind of gives you a bit more freedom with the design and you can kind of play around with it and add different things you want but doing that when you've got no like knowledge at all is quite daunting and can be quite um overwhelming whereas kind of because I'd already done that and I'd had a year now with WordPress like that when I moved to Shopify and oh my god their dashboard is you've got like a few icons up like the left hand side when I saw that and how simple it was but my, my site actually looks a lot better I was like, oh, God, I can't believe I didn't move sooner. Yeah, it is amazing, actually, Shopify, isn't it? And I think even their mobile app is, like, really good. So good. Like, even the analytics. And it's just yeah. so simple. Like, I just love it. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Shopify fan as well. I think um, definitely – Do I think you're completely right as well. I think WordPress is such a great option if you maybe do have a blog or something and perhaps you're more of a content-based business. But I think if you do have a physical – product business then Shopify is definitely one to look at for sure it's good that you've had such a great experience on it I mean there there are aspects as well because obviously I started using the brain as a blog that bit's really important to me whereas with Shopify I have noticed that it's less of a blogging theme um, or less of a blogging platform so Mm. you know with the with the current theme that I'm using um, I think with any as well with um, Shopify like I have had a few issues where, for example, my blog page, you can't um, add an archive or you can't separate the blog posts. Uh, and yeah, like tiny little things like that that wouldn't uh, bother the average man. But for me, a starting to blog, I'm like, okay, well, I would actually like down the line to, um, you know, organise those. And I don't think it's impossible, but I think you would need to um, one of the Shopify experts or something. So it's definitely something that I can look into 
down the line. Yeah, it's good that they have the option to have it on there. But like you say, yeah, if, if you're someone that perhaps is looking for more advanced options, particularly with the blog, then it may be worth having a look into the limitations, particularly maybe of the theme that you've got on on your Shopify. Um, but that's really great advice, I think, for anyone that's looking to use the platform. With um, your blog, because I love your posts. I think they're so well written. Is that something that you've done before? Or is that I know you obviously you started out in marketing, but where have you sort of picked up the ability to write so well, or is it just something that's just natural, a natural talent? It's it's so natural. I mean, thank you for saying that. <laughs> You're welcome. I did a journalism degree, so I really notice if someone writes well. I'm like, this is written very well. And it's very emotive, and it tells a story, and it you know it's really engaging. Oh really? That's good. Um, yeah, I think it's just totally been natural to be honest um I've never like I said like working in marketing for a year um in agency I was doing mostly like data analyst roles and then Mm -hmm. went straight into finance so I haven't really like had that writing um experience but I've kept a journal every single day um probably now for about three years and I don't write that like oh dear diary today I went to the shop yeah it's like like definitely like things you know there might be a quote that I've like heard in the day that I'll then expand on or I I write it in a way that it's like okay well you know how am I feeling today or explore different options like explore different um things in more detail and I think doing that has kind of definitely given me the ability to kind of write because when Mm. I read those back they're more like stories than they are um just kind of diary or journal entry so to speak yeah no I think that is why they're so engaging as well because they are told sort of in a storytelling way and it does definitely make you I always have to get to the end because I'm like oh let's see what happens at the end <laughs> like they're uh-huh. super engaging so I think it's amazing do you do you schedule your stuff in advance or do you just kind of write ad hoc as and when you you want to post how do you manage your content schedule oh I just I do it ad hoc like even even with my Instagram posts, like I have nothing planned. Like it'll just be a case of me. I'll snap away tomorrow and probably post in the afternoon. <laughs> um, the best way to do it sometimes, though, I think people can get so bogged down trying to put together content schedules and stuff. But the trouble is, depending on your business setup, obviously there's a lot of time involved to have to do something like that. So I think it can be quite overwhelming for a lot of people when they are juggling so many plates as well, like you are. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely love to kind of um, do more in advance, but I can't, I'm the sort of person as well, though, that I didn't really, for example, I wrote two blog posts um, Thursday and Friday this week, and I didn't have the idea from, it, from them until Thursday. So um, the idea for the one came on Thursday morning. I wrote it that day, and then actually whilst I was writing that, I was like, actually, I really want to write one about this. And then I was kind of on a tangent so then I wrote the next day and it, it kind of comes like that I don't necessarily think oh next week I might want to publish something about XYZ maybe I should um, but I'm the sort of person that once I get the idea in my head then I want to write it down and I actually I, I do a lot of my blog posts I'm better writing them on my notes my phone first mm. so which is actually really good because it means that whilst I'm now on the train to work or um, whilst I'm out and about like if I'm waiting for a friend in the coffee shop or something like that um, then I'll just whip up my phone and start writing the post my in my notes and it means I can actually write it quite like a lot quicker. Yeah that's such a good tip actually because I think people can get so bogged down thinking like oh I've got to wait till I'm back at my laptop and I can open up you know whatever you write would write in like google docs or whatever but that's such a great way to do it so when you're out and about and you're feeling inspired and you have 
an inspired idea you can just start working on it straight away yeah I mean I'm I never like I'm still I'm, I'll never be one of these people that I just open a laptop to a blank word document and can start writing I just I physically can't work that way mm. I would even have to like hand write it first or yeah like, name, definitely like and then and then type it up straight on to um usually straight onto the blogging platform that you think I think that's the way to do it isn't it you've got to find what works best for you as well and sort of find your way of working best um it yeah. sounds like you've definitely picked up a bit of a rhythm particularly with the um the blog post that's really good um I know we're kind of sp- speaking about it but it's sort of to do with this I suppose do you have any tips for productivity and any tips for staying motivated and especially where you obviously have got your job and then you've also you're running beauty in the brain do you have any great tips that you could share at all um I think probably like you know for me for example finding the why you want to do something is really Mm -hmm. helpful so I know like back in my journey as well like when I was first recovering um I kind of definitely struggled with productivity um and you know from the June 19 2019 until around December last year I was very much recovering and didn't really do a lot at all in those days and I know that looking back it was kind of it's kind of a huge challenge for me not to view that time as a waste even though people urge me like my friends especially will urge me to instead look at all the braids that sold or the blog posts that wrote and you know be a bit more like kind of myself but Mm. you know even still in those days I still felt that I needed to make this like um list of things that I needed to do or set myself mini goals Mm. and just kind of rather than accepting that you know some days I might just need to stay in my pajamas but instead I kind of I would aim to write like a blog post for example each week and would really focus on the why that was important to me so for example for me publishing a blog post would mean you know aid in my recovery or cognitive ability or growing views in the brain and the awareness of tumors and just generally strengthening my writing muscle so I think that's something I still continue to do now and if I'm lacking motivation in something I kind of pause for a moment and think okay well why do I want to complete this task or what will I get from the end result and I think it just kind of breaks down your to-do list of things you think you have to do into things that you want to do because you're getting something from them yeah um, that is such good advice do you know what I feel like I'm actually taking notes from this because I, I need to remember <laughs> this myself I think sometimes I'm one of those people that can really suffer with overwhelm and especially when I've got such a long to-do list I can really struggle with looking at it and thinking okay what's priority stuff whereas you're so right I think if you can dig to the bottom of your whys and that then helps you to be able to manage your list and actually to see the wood for the trees yeah I mean some people as well would probably like even argue this because um they'll be like okay well I'm doing a really like boring like violent stuff so you know it's very hard for me to kind of why do I want to do this well I don't want to do this and they might kind of take that you know attitude to it and I've definitely like kind of relearned to add this as well with my finance job I think it definitely is how you kind of perceive an activity or how you view it that yes. completely like changes your attitude towards it so rather than now even at work you know my finance jobs are not necessarily like my focus now and I just kind of want to rush back to do an xyz for you in the brain but I think it's important even with those tasks to kind of flip them and rather than just things that I have to do or things that I just need to get to and it's like okay we'll just kind of add a bit more like just kind of spruce them up a little bit and kind of add a bit more excitement to them in terms of you know just completing them one and working out why you need to complete that one or 
different things to kind of make those more exciting I think it's definitely all in how you view or how you perceive the kind of the activity in general that is so true I think there's so much and the irony is you can have the same task have two people doing it one thinks it's the best day of their life and one thinks it's the worst (laughs) so I just think it definitely goes to show that perception is everything and you're so right I think as well like we all have things that we don't want to do throughout the day let's let's be honest but I think you're so right and you've just got to try and find a bit of positivity in it and see try and pull out the good from it because every situation there is always some good that you can pull from it or if not it's at least a lesson so you can kind of look at it from the what can I learn from this perspective but either way I think you are so right you've just got to really try and knuckle down and find the positive in everything you're doing just so that you can appreciate it more and it will help you to get things done a bit quicker definitely and you know on that um, kind of note of appreciation I kind of always um, love to reread my journal entry as well from March 2019 and it's the entry that inspired the If You Can You Must Bangle um, still even now it's kind of the perfect reminder for me of a time when I could do certain things compared to a time when I knew I wouldn't be able to mm. so just kind of going through that recovery journey as well made me more apparent to that um, like you know notice all of those things and I think for me If You Can You Must is kind of a quote that will forever just remind me to do the thing I you know I'm physically and mentally able to do even if I temporarily lack motivation in that kind of area yeah Um, just knowing that I couldn't you know once do that and knowing that there might be someone out there as well who isn't as fortunate just kind of gives you that drive to keep going such a powerful message such an inspiring and powerful message I absolutely love that um if you were to start a new business today from scratch what do you think the steps would be that you would take to get it off the ground um I think breaking it down and just taking really small steps each day and just doing something towards it so you know even if you don't feel you're making much progress that one percent of little daily progress definitely adds up over time in anything that we do so you know it might just be um thinking of a name and registering it one day to buying a website domain the next I think just don't think too much into it in terms of doubting what you can or can do or whether you have certain skills in a particular area I think the best way to learn something is just by doing it and Mm -hmm. I kind of feel that unless you just start you could spend like decades just sitting on the idea so of course like down the line you can hire more people who are better skilled in certain areas than you like that you weaken um but to begin with just kind of roll with the idea that you have and just see where it leads you Um, one of the best quotes as well is um you don't have to be great to start but you have to start to be great so I got that one from um Christina Carson she always says that and she's the founder of um QK and it's so true and so motivating that's incredible that is such an inspiring quote I love that you managed to quote off the top of your head as well I'm always so impressed when people manage to do that (laughs) successfully the amount of times I try and do it and I mess the quote up or I get the person wrong or the surname wrong and then halfway through I'm like oh sorry guys I'm gonna have to leave that one as it is but that was um that was such a good quote you know, I'm that. really impressed that my ability to just do that as well yeah it was so <laughs> amazing <laughs> it's like on oh, here's one I prepared earlier <laughs> it was so amazing exactly like honestly like I think the same thing I you know you hear all these people all the time like quoting things and I'm like wow that's amazing that quote must really resonate with them but 
I think, yeah, it definitely is. When there are like a few that you that really resonate with you and that you choose, I think you can just roll them off. I love I that. I need to start learning it. some I now. Have, <laughs> yeah, I think I have about four in my, you know, in my pocket that I could like whip out like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. I feel like I need to prepare some now for future interviews just so I can sound <laughs> a bit more educated. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, so where do you see beauty in the brain in five years' time? What are sort of your goals and what? what aspirations do you have for the brand um my biggest goal is just kind of to reach and inspire even more people and just kind of continue designing gorgeous projects and um, products that i know that are going to really make a difference on people's journeys so i just want to continue raise as well like, incredible amounts of brain stress and changing faces and really support the people affected by brain treatments and visible differences for those um i also really want to grow i've said this to you before but I really want to grow the um, stationary aspect of the brand into mm. tools that will kind of further help people to overcome whatever challenges that they have in life. Um, and I do have loads of really exciting ideas on how I plan to do that. And um, I also, as well, like I know you said, like I'm really good writing weather, but I do want to write more for the brand too, like whether that's in the form of, um, you know, like books, which I'd absolutely love to do, um, or just more uh, blog posts, which I think is an important aspect to keep as well, like given how that's how the kind of brand started. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess just in five years' time as well, like, I really want to grow Beauty in the Brain to a place where I can do more of that more of the time. Yeah. And yeah. kind of make it my daily reality. Yeah. As much as I live my finance job and as good as they've been to me, I mean, it's not, it's not my passion. Yeah it's funny as well isn't it Cause once you start doing something you are so passionate about it almost makes you realize and it makes you open up your eyes to everything else you're doing and you're like oh I wish I could do beauty in the brain all the time <laughs> yeah definitely like I've noticed that as well where you know I think I really took the last year for granted like I did and I didn't like I did a lot with the last year but now that it's kind of coming to an, I'm recovering journey and like you know that time off where like had off work is coming to an end and now I'm going back to reality so to speak um I'm like, oh no, like now I'm just getting started being the way I've got all these ideas. Like I kind of really want more time now. It's always the way, isn't it? I think, yeah. I feel like at the moment as well with COVID and everything that's been going on in the world with that, I think it's been a strange period because I think obviously for yourself, you've been off for a longer period of time due to all the, everything you've faced in the last year or so. But I think where everyone's sort of had a bit of time away to reset and they've maybe been working on other projects, all of a sudden it feels like now the world is going back to reality and it's quite, it's quite a harsh reality to be faced with, isn't it? I know. I mean, yeah, I definitely do feel like it's gone one way or the other for people and it has made everyone kind of reassess mm. and reevaluate, you know, different aspects of their life now that like you said we are going back to reality yeah was um was the brand affected at all by covid did you notice or has it not you've not been impacted so much by it or um not so much no I mean I do think because um a lot of my stock as well is from overseas like originally at the start of the year like that massively delayed things before before we were even hit here um you know I ordered stuff last November and that actually never came till March. Wow. Um, we went on lockdown at that time, but I know that my supplier was really bad, like um, suffering from it. And like, even he would send me content updates and it was just kind of like, cause everything was going on normal here. Mm. I was kind of like, wasn't really aware of how the severity of it. Yeah. Um, until we were hit and then they just come out of it. So I think um, that was the only really kind of effect that I've noticed. Um in terms, I mean, 
nothing else is really affected. I think a lot of people, like in April when we were in the really in the thick of the lockdown, mm. I launched a new um, blog series called um, Happy Habits. Mm. So every day for a week, I was, you know, posted a new habit and um, different things like things to focus on or how to be uh, grateful things or, you know, how, how sleep affects like mentality and things like that. And I noticed a lot of people like messaged me and reached out to me about that and they just really loved that. Yeah, so I, I bet. Yeah, so even though um, I think everyone at the start, you know, at the start of lockdown as well was really kind of um, really uncertain what's going to happen. So people weren't necessarily um, spending on luxury items online that they didn't really need and things like that. But those sort of aspects of like um, writing more, like blog posts and things, it was, you know, I noticed a much bigger response to those. Yeah, I think everyone was sort of, well, everyone had a bit more time at home perhaps. And a lot of people were looking for answers and were having to really look within themselves to think and look for tips on maybe to how to be more happy and things like that stuff that normally everyone's too busy to even think about which is crazy but um that's so cool that you did that that come at such a good time as well yeah yeah definitely I mean it was good for me as well to write it I mean I was helping myself as I was writing it yeah it's almost like self-therapy as well while helping other people I could have done with that I wish I'd seen that at the time because there was a point in the midst of the lockdown I was spiraling ever so slightly and I thought goodness like I, I was like craving I, I I've never read so many books in my life as I did in lockdown like I've honestly oh, no. I, I pretty much bought a library and I've now had to find places to store them all so I'm starting to give them oh, away slowly because I've got no oh, room for them my way. <laughs> yeah no I will I love I've got so many um but yeah that was my survival thing for lockdown just keep reading <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a good survival tactic anyway. Yeah, I just thought we'd finish this interview with questions that I've been asking all of my guests. So firstly, what advice would you give to all of the incredible women out there who have entrepreneurial dreams of their own, but they're just a bit too afraid to get started? Um, Like I said before, just, yeah, just start. Like, I know, it's, I know that it's easier said than done, but just learn as you go and just be certain of your strengths and become aware of what you're good at and, what your accomplishments are instead of just immediately doubting your ability yeah and um, before you're even starting which is which can be so easy to do and just know that we're so fortunate right now as well to kind of live in a time where we can't immediately access podcasts or books or social feeds that are so useful to us and just mean that we can obtain this knowledge so easily and often for free yeah so, so true kind of, yeah just kind of utilize those as well no that's amazing such great advice and secondly what does being a female entrepreneur mean to you um I think female entrepreneurship for me is kind of just like about embracing who you are and just speaking up for what you believe in and the solutions that you think you can bring to the problem so it's kind of about taking charge of your career as well and, and doing um something that you're passionate about and just learning and growing and building meaningful relationships along the way and just most importantly as well I think it's kind of me it's about destroying stereotypes Mm. that might be out there yeah I love that that's so great and I think it's so inspiring that you have created a brand based around such a meaningful message and thank you so much as well for how much of your story that you shared with us today I think it's you know so incredible I think it's going to really inspire everyone that, that is listening to the podcast Oh, thank you for having me. Like, thank you for asking all these questions as well. And, oh, no, yeah. it's been absolutely great. It's been so nice as well for me just to find out a bit more about your story and things. Because obviously I have read about it and I've seen you on social media and everything like that. And obviously we've connected on there. But I think it's been so nice just to find out more about your story and being able to connect the dots of 
the timeline that you've been working on and stuff like that so it has been absolutely amazing thank you so much sammy i'm going to link as well your instagram account into the show notes and your website and things so everyone can check out all your incredible jewelry and stationery pieces and um, for anyone that is wanting to find sammy's brand on instagram if you just go to the handle at beauty brain uk um you'll be able to find that over there but thank you so much sammy i really appreciate it oh that's okay thank you so much for having me thank you I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I hope you are feeling inspired, motivated and empowered to achieve your own entrepreneurial goals. For more inspiration, join me next Tuesday when I will be interviewing another successful female entrepreneur who will be candidly sharing the wisdom and insights from their experience to help inspire you to make your entrepreneurial dreams a reality. For more ways to connect to the Pose Radio community, visit posedigital.com or follow Pose Digital over on Instagram. Until next week, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I hope you are feeling inspired, motivated and empowered to achieve your own entrepreneurial goals. For more inspiration, join me next Tuesday when I will be interviewing another successful female entrepreneur who will be candidly sharing the wisdom and insights from their experience to help inspire you to make your entrepreneurial dreams a reality. For more ways to connect to the Pose Radio community, visit posedigital.com or follow Pose Digital over on Instagram. Until next week, thank you so much for listening.